Welcome to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Uh, I'm your substitute host, Bill Berg, as MJ Hammett and Del Scanlon are both on assignment tonight. Who is here is Michael Trzinski and Bill Berg, too. So, we have uh, kind of a short program tonight because there weren't a whole lot of games. The season did just kick off, and we will have a little bit of game recap, but mostly we wanted to talk about some of the other things, uh, preseason questions that came in, and that kind of stuff. And Bill, why don't you tell us some of the uh, questions we've received from our new listener group? Our patrons. All right, uh, we got a question from Jeff Sauer, uh, who was our, I think, Second backer? Yeah, I think our second backer. Uh, he'd like to know our thoughts on the preseason poll, specifically Arrowhead and Sun Prairie. Uh, well, Arrowhead is pretty easy to figure out with their place in the top ten. Uh, while they did lose three uh, all-state seniors last year, Elijah Tormala, Dylan Cox on the blue line, and uh, Caleb uh, Beversdorf uh, uh, up front, uh, they still have... Uh, Jackson Carr, uh, they still have Peter Genetempo in net. Uh, Arrowhead was 21-2-1 last year. Uh, that's the kind of record that'll get you in the preseason top 10 uh, when you only, well, not only, that's three big seniors to lose, but 21-2-10 doesn't happen by accident. So that's that's pretty easy to explain why Arrowhead's there. Someone else is going to have to talk well, about Okay, Sun well, let's, so, Sun Prairie, I mean, they're in there as an honorable mention. Um they were in the state tournament last year, as was West Salem, you know, and, you know, those teams are both in the honorable mention. Um, Sun Prairie did have a winning record last year in somewhat uh, a weak section down there on Madison, but we did get several votes from, you know, coaches in the Madison area, and they may know more about Sun Prairie than, than I do sitting up here in, in Antigo or or, you know, trash who does in Wisconsin Rapids. Um, I'm sure if MJ was on the line, he seems to know uh, everything big eight that there is to know going on down there. He could fill us all in on Sun Prairie, like, you know, who is the goalie that's going to be filling in for Sam Dunn because he graduated, and, and he was one of the, the main reasons they did make it to the state tournament last year. Um, but I guess I'm just going to I'm just gonna chalk it up to we got votes from people down there in the Madison area who know more about, Sun Prairie than we do. <laughs> right, and we also kind of just had man- mentioned in our pre-podcast chit-chat that sometimes the voters have long memories, and they remember that Sun Prairie made it to state last year, so they'll probably be good again this year. So there's uh, another take on it. Well, and it's rare that Sun Prairie is bad. Um they can be middling from time to time, but they're never bad. And a team that's not bad is perfectly capable of making it to honorable mention in any given season. And there you have it. Right. When they're good, they're good. And when they're not good, they're kind of good. So somewhere in there. How's that sound? Sounds like we need to work out the kinks here. <laughs> We're early in the year. so Yes, it is. Bear with us We're here. Early in, early in the year and very kinky. That's uh, it. That, that's going to take us up to a game recap because uh, Trasher saw a, a game that kind of surprised many people on many different levels on Saturday. Why don't you tell us about that, Michael? 
Well, actually, it was on Friday, the 17th, up at Greenheck. Rocconi Fury traveled to see, to play the storm. And uh, definitely was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Fury ended up with a victory 8-4 to in that game. Started out pretty fast. They scored the first goal, and then they scored another one about 12 minutes into the period. Storm came back to make it 2-1 to one at, toward the end of the period. Then the Fury, playing with a Fury, scored two goals in a five-minute span in a second to take a 4-1 to one lead. And just when you thought the game was pretty much over, Central Wisconsin comes back and scores twice in a minute 19, or a minute 9, actually. That's uh, 69 seconds to cut the lead to 4-3. to three. And less than a minute later, Maggie Henschler scores for the Fury to make it 5-3. to three. And that's how the, peri- the second period ended. Third period, Fury scored early. Well, not early, real early. Six minutes into the period to make it 6-3. to three. Storm came back with a goal two minutes later to make it 6-4. to four. Uh Coach Susan's pulled his netminder with, I think, just under two minutes left, and she didn't come back out, and the Fury scored two empty netters to account for the 8-4 to four final. Uh, Maggie Henschler had four goals and one assist in that game, and uh, the shots in the game were 33-29 to 29 in favor of the Fury. So... Um, like we kind of had mentioned, it was like a month's worth of goals against the Storm and a month's worth of shots. And uh, the Fury looked pretty good offensively. Um, there was a whole a whole lot of offense in that game. And I think, you know, early on, um, the systems maybe aren't completely in place. I know Coach Susan's for the Storm had said that he wished he had another week of practice before the first games, but... When you have 24 to schedule, you got to fit them in as quick as you can. So he is looking at that. Plus, uh, he lost two really solid defensemen from last year, Taylor Troy and Jamie Hendrickson. Um, two big losses for a, a young team that is pretty good on offense, and they're going to kind of uh, learn their way on defense here as they go along, guys. How many games do you think it took before the storm uh, gave up their ninth goal last season. Their ninth goal? I'm, I'm going to say, say six. I'm going to say seven. Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> it was their eleventh game of the year that they gave up their ninth goal. Now the next goal they give up will be their ninth. It could be their second game of the season. Unless they snuck a second game in there that I didn't notice. No, no, they uh their second game will be on Friday in the the Gobbler Cup up at Mozanie. So, yeah, they've only had one game so far. And, you know, Pete Pete knows that there's going to be some growing pains here with a young defensive core and I mean, you can't just toss them out there right away and say, "Okay, uh we basically lost, let's call them all conference players or close to it even though the Storm are independents." And have these, you know, freshmen or sophomore or even juniors step in and take over at the same level that these girls did from last year. So, uh, to maybe be an eye opener for Pete. And, but I, he's been doing this long enough and I, 
fully expect that before too long everybody will be going pretty good. So it's, it was it was a good game. It was a very interesting game. I'm not. Now, it wasn't back-and-forth score-wise, but it was back-and-forth momentum-wise. And I had mentioned in my article that every time it seemed like the Storm scored a goal, Rock County would come back with two. So they just, you know, gave her the gas and pulled away and ended up with an 8-4 win. Well, and so, uh, the Rock County scoring was led by uh, Maggie Henschler and, and Zoe Stieg, and it's not like, not like they came out of nowhere. Um you know, Stieg's, this is her third year, uh, Henschler, it's her fourth. And, you know, they're both, uh, Stieg wasn't, but Henschler was a, a 20 plus point player each of the last two years. Yep, and, uh, they got two kids from Albany. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, if it's Knopf or Knopf, but Alyssa and her sister Haley, and they are only freshmen and sophomores, respectively. So, um, and I believe, if I heard right, they both played on a TW squad. So this team could be stacked. Um, McKaylee Busher did well in net. She had 25 saves in the game. And I think as the season goes along and everybody gets acclimated to each other and playing, and this could be a, a kind of a surprise team, guys. Alrighty. Preview of coming attractions. Maybe it'll, obviously not going to be the last we will hear from the Rock County Fury, especially with, uh, you know, MJ right down there in, in their midst. I'm sure he'll have more to say about them as the season progresses and probably taking some of their games down there. Uh, moving along, we had another, uh, patron question. Bill, what do you got? Uh, Egan Ahern, who was our first patron, um, asked, what are your thoughts on the Springs Ledgers for this season? I wonder why Egan <laughs> Ahern would be asked, asking that question. Um, as far as I can tell, uh, there are 56 Aherns that have gone through that program in the last 10 years. Um, they're everywhere. She's coming out of the woodwork. Um like Sun Prairie, uh, Springs is never bad. Last year they were, I think they had 15 wins, which is a nice solid season. Uh, they did lose their, their top, uh, scorer from last year, Mitchell Greeby. That's always huge. Uh, their top defenseman, who was their third leading scorer, is gone. Uh, that's big, but they returned goalie, uh, Colin Ahern. Um, and, uh, several other players. They were a solid third place in point totals last season in the Badgerland. I don't remember how the Badgerland tournament turned out, to be perfectly honest. Um, Badgerland Conference is unique in the state in that they only play each other once, and then they do a conference tournament, which is awesome and how every uh, conference should work. Uh, and and it, it, it never goes as expected. Nope. Um, but they were overall 15-9 last year. Appleton United was 15-8-1. Nina Hortonville-Manasha was 16-8. and So they were all right there within a game of each other on the year. Um, I think... Um, uh, Jeff Sauer had actually written an article for the site uh, previewing his thoughts on the Badgerland. Uh, he thinks it's um, kind of Nina Menasha Hortonville and everybody else. Um, I think any of those three has a, a decent chance of taking 
the top spot in the conference, I think. So by, by those by those three, you mean Nina, Menasha, and Hortonville? No, Nina, Menasha, Hortonville, Appleton <laughs> United, and Fondy Springs. Oh, okay. I, I think Alec Elkin uh, has a little bit less help around him this year, at least upper-class help than he did last year. Um, Appleton United lost a couple of All-State players, including goalie uh, Dylan Finney. I think that's correct. So it's going to be... I don't know that he made it All-State. He was one of our finalists. It's going to be an interesting year in the Badgerland. I think any of those three teams has a chance. And then um, don't count out Fox Cities and Wapan. I mean, Fox Cities was 16-7 and last year overall. Wapan was 14-9-1. Uh, in terms of wins, those teams are all right all the within two wins of each other from 14 to 16. So uh, it could be a slugfest at the top there. I guess I would have to agree with you. Um, Nina Hortonville, Menasha, yeah, they do have Alec Elkin back, but uh, they lost defensemen. Um, kind of the, the the straw that stirred the drink back there. He, he was he was Nina Hortonville, Menasha's version of uh, Chase Blackman. Uh, Travis Tremel, that's him. Excellent defense and moved the puck well, really set things up, set the table for all the other guys on, on that team, and, and he graduated. Um, hopefully they'll have, you know, somebody to, to fill in for him. I, um, but, yeah, I, I, either of those teams, I, again, I, I'd have to agree with you that the, the top three in that conference is most likely going to be the top three, and I'm not going to pick one over either of the other ones. Trasher? There you have it. I I would agree. I think um, I you know I, I saw Nina Hortonville, Manasha, all three of them play a couple times last year, and uh, they were definitely the class of the conference. And I don't. I think they still will be. I think they're just going to come back a little bit more more so than in previous the previous couple years. So it'll be a little bit tighter of a race. But um, Elkin is. I mean, he's a difference maker. You know, he's like, uh, oh man, talk about uh, Alzheimer's setting in. Um, Ian from Waukesha. Man, I can't remember his name. Malcolm. Boy, that's bad. That's it, Malky. Oh my God, he's gonna shoot me. He's he's kind of like that. He you give him the puck, and he either scores the goal when he needs to score it. Or he dishes it off to the guy who's wide open for an easy tap in when they need it. I mean, he's that kind of guy. So I, I don't think the the Rockets are ever going to be a middling team with him on it. Um, but I, I do think that uh, the Badgerland will be a little bit snugger this year as far as the the team placement. Um, so yeah, it, it, it'll be good good race. It always is. There's a lot of good teams there, and there's always the uh, opportunity for one to pull off a, a surprise Cinderella season and come out of nowhere. I mean, who knows, you know? So the season has been begun. We'll see what happens. Yeah, all we know is that whoever leads in uh, conference points going into the tournament is not going to win it. <laughs> That's a given. All right, that brings us to our third and final patron question. From Jeff Sauer. Yes, uh, the previous Jeff Sauer. Uh, he'd also like to know our preseason thoughts on 
Uh, words we don't use. Uh, we'll say the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association American Family Insurance Player of the Year Award, not a copyrighted term owned by somebody else. Yeah, but he's dead. That's true. All right, Mr. Hockey. <laughs> Although I think that that's boring. I like the AFI WHCA Player of the Year. It's got way more words. Yeah. Can I go first? You can. Okay, I, I've I've spent the better part of the evening compiling my list of finalists for the American Family Assurance Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association Player of the Year Award, and my list is Alec Elkin. The aforementioned Nina Hortonville-Manasha uh, player, Alec Elkin, I think he is... Um, and he, I think he's head and shoulders above everybody else coming into the season. You know, you know what's going to happen during the season, but uh, coming in based on last year, um, yeah, that's my list. You guys can expand if you want. Well, uh, since Trasher's list is the longest, and we know that, uh, we'll let him go last. I want to just make a brief mention of the people who aren't going to be eligible this year. Uh, that would have been otherwise. Uh, that would be uh, Josh Bolin of Wausau West. Uh, the University of Wisconsin commit is playing his senior year in the junior leagues uh, for the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders. And then Aaron Grounds, uh, the Hudson uh, Ohio State University commit, is playing his uh, senior year for the Minot Minotaurs uh, in the NAHL. Um, so those two are not going to be eligible. And we also know that while he would not have been eligible this year anyway because he's only a junior, uh, UW commit Cole Caulfield is also playing juniors this year. Uh, well, that's not actually juniors. He's doing something. He's think. playing for the national development team. That's even better. Yes. And TDP. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yes. Cole Caulfield is, is there in, what, Ann Arbor? Yes. Um, like Jack Skilly and uh, many other badgers before him. Um, so those those guys are not going to be on the list. My list is twice as long as Burglar's. Um, uh, his list is really just a subset of mine because Alec Elkin is on my list as well. Uh, but mine expands it to add Jack Gorniak from West Salem. Um, West Salem has put up some nice years the last couple of years, and I think Jack Gorniak is the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, he's there. He's there, Mister October. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, Our, you know, was yeah. the one that stirs the drink. Yeah. If you ask him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my list is only two and a half times longer than your list and five times longer than Burglar's list. Um, wait, wait, that means you pared it down. Well, I did because I had some players on there that I could not remember if they were juniors or senior or seniors this year or seniors last year. And four of them were seniors last year. So um, it helps to have rosters that have grad years on it. Some don't, and then you have to do a little research. But I think I got this right. So we'll go along with the two that you had talked about, Gorniak and Elkin. And I will add uh, Trevor Hudacek from Eau Claire Memorial, goalie, who, according to the website, is a senior, and I'm pretty sure he's a senior, uh, he had a nice year. He was, I believe, an all-state netminder last year. Probably one of the the best goalies in the state again this year. I'll put him on that list. 
And then I have um, a kid that scored 50 goals last year and was kind of almost unheard of and unheralded. But uh, I bet you Tim Ebner knows him, and his name would be Jacob Dirks of Onalaska. He had 76 points last year, and I am pretty sure that he will be he will be nominated at least, um, and he could very well be in the final eight. And then another kid that not too many people outside of the Madison area know is Carter Hopman from Edgewood. He had 27 goals and 15 points last year. I saw him play a couple of times. He's uh, He can take over a game for the Crusaders as well. So that's my list of five, and I know that I'm sure when people listen to our podcast, they will be more than happy to send um, their thoughts, and feel free to send it to trasher at wctc.net or staff at Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I, I, I want to add one more. Go for it. I want to expand my list. And th- this is entirely on whether or not uh, uh, Coach Matt Borneman, who some on this podcast in the past have referred to as a butthead or something like that. I don't, I don't remember who it was and why they said it, but that phrase just comes to mind. If he leaves him at defense, Matt Winter could be a difference maker in, in his, and really, you know, he, he's, he's like, um, the, what, the, the, the Travis Tremel and the Chase Black, and he can do, he can control the game from the defensive point. Just that last year, about halfway through the season, Borneman decided they needed more offense and they moved Winter up to a forward position, which kind of took him out of the running for the whole, you know, defensive awards and that kind of thing. If they leave him at defense, Matt Winter could be a guy that that you're going to hear his name late in the year. Probably in the spring then, right? Late winter, early spring? Winter, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Is March still considered winter or is it spring? So... I'm pretty sure in Wisconsin it's winter until June. June, all right. Hey, uh, I see that we got a new pledge from an, a new member on Patreon. We had a $5 pledge from Tom Braun. Indeed. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yes, and um, it is time to thank our new patrons this week. Uh, this week is obviously the first week of our Patreon campaign, and our pledges this week are from Egan Ahern, Jeff Sauer, Tim Pranzini, uh, longtime friend of Wisconsin Pipe Hockey, Jeff Thornton, Jeff Lenz, Mark Jarothanis, I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, uh, John Erhart, uh, Rick Frankie, Ron Olson Jr., and uh, the aforementioned Tom Brown. Uh, so thank you all. Uh, for your pledges uh, and your donations. They really do help us out a lot. Uh, apparently, we're very popular with dudes named Jeff. Uh, we've got three of them. So uh, if you know any other Jeffs, uh, send them the link. Uh, you can follow us at wisconsinprophockey.net or patreon.com slash WIPH. Outstanding. Thank you. We really appreciate it. It it helps us out. Um, we love this game. We love covering the sport. But sometimes our pocketbook doesn't always love covering the sport, and, and this helps us out. So we we really appreciate it. It helps us get to the games, helps us pay for state tournament, and uh, allows us to give better coverage by going to more games and 
getting the information out to you, our wonderful fans. And we're about 40% of the way to our first goal. Uh, if we get up to $250 a month in pledges, um, these guys all agreed to it over the summer. They may not like it when I make them turn their cameras on. Uh, but we will record and stream Wisconsin Prep Hockey live on YouTube if we get up to $250 a month. Uh, I'll monitor. You can chat along with us as we record. Uh, the recording will stay up on YouTube. We'll still send out the podcast like normal. Uh, this year, we actually put a little bit of effort in, so you can get the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Uh, you can still use the RSS feed like was there before to add to any podcast app of your choice. And did, did we have anybody... Isn't, isn't there a certain amount that they can pledge that they can, you know, will guarantee to go cover some game? Uh, guaranteed, to cover? guaranteeing us to go cover a game is a $100 pledge. We didn't get there. Okay. Uh, right. Our highest pledge right now is a $50 pledge, uh, which gives that person priority nomination for game of the week. So I imagine, uh, just based on the list so far, that we will have a game of the week in, in on Alaska at some point this season. Um and, quite frankly, they deserve one anyway, and we don't get over there often enough. That's because there's no good way to get there from here. I, I, I guess for, for, for Dell and MJ, they can go, but from here, you can't, you can't get to Alaska from up here. I think you have to go up to, like, Superior and then down I-35 over to the Twin Cities and then back. It's, like, really... A seven-hour drive. Yeah. Well, I can make it from Port Edwards, Wisconsin, which is located right in the middle of the state, just a hop, skip, and a jump from the Wisconsin River across from Wisconsin Rapids, about roughly an hour and a half probably to Onalaska. So it's not too bad. And you get to drive on Highway... 173, 173, baby. The, 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 road, the straightest road in Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, there's one that's straighter than that. Look on your map one time, and I think it's north from like Chippewa Falls up to wherever, Highway 27. I swear to God, that thing must have been laid out with a compass and straight. No, a ruler. Let's call it a ruler. For that a compass, long? A compass that would go in a circle. That's, oh, almost, yeah. that's almost 50 miles, that. Yeah, that is that is straight twenty seven uh, from just east of Cornell up through Ladysmith, all the way up to like right between Radisson and Winter, which are little villages up there. Is just one straight shot. That baby is straight. You could put a ruler on that map and it wouldn't deviate from it one bit. Too many but lakes and trees to have state ro- straight roads in Wisconsin. One seventy three is a, a close second. It's pretty straight for about twenty miles or thereabouts. Boring. A lot of ditches and deer and all of that kind of good stuff. So, and at but, the end, cranberry bogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, we can we can make it over to Onalaska. Not a problem. Okay. Every, every, everybody but me. Well, everybody and but Bill. you. Well, and Bill, yeah. Bill Junior. You can't. It's probably a shorter drive for for Junior than it is for you. I think it's, it is. It's only ten hours. Uh, yeah, you could do it. Just leave at about three in the morning. You'll be fine. All right. Are we done here? Are we done? All right. I personally, and along with my cohorts, would like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. 
Make sure that you eat enough, have a couple adult beverages, but be responsible about it. Enjoy your time with family and friends, and have a great holiday. And keep your stick on the ice. Oh, on yeah. behalf of all of us, and even the, 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 the missing MJ and Dell, Mike Trzinski, Bill Berg Jr., and myself, uh, thank you for listening to this week's weird edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Good night.